It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hey everyone, welcome to a new edition, a bonus edition of the Rain and Jays podcast. I'm John Corrales, flying solo because uh, of the surprise nature. This all came together pretty quickly. Jay King couldn't be here. But we're doing this because uh, we're able to get ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler to join us tonight. Tim, thank you for uh, stepping in for a few minutes. My pleasure. Good to be on. So uh, you're a career 43% uh, three-point shooter. You're the 96 three-point shootout champion. Do you watch today's NBA and think, man, what if I was born 20 years later? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, for shooters, I think, of a different era. You sit back and uh, watch the game today, and you're, you're definitely envious of the, the freedom that guys have and just the philosophy behind what you're doing offensively. Uh, the way the floor is spread, the way that, you know, you run – to the three-point line in transition now. It used to be, you know, in a fast break, everything was trying to gear toward getting to the rim, and now guys fan out and they look for the three-point shot in transition. So the mentality behind what you're trying to get offensively has changed. As a result, guys like myself that shot the ball for a living and, and made their career out of doing that, yeah, you're definitely envious of some of the guys that play today. Yeah, I can imagine. And now you see teams going small, and the Celtics are among those teams. The Celtics do it out of necessity. Teams like Golden State do it. They, their lineup of death. Uh, that's a big philosophical change in today's NBA. Yeah, definitely. It's another thing that's changed. I think the, the power forward position as we knew it for, for you know, a couple of decades at least has completely changed now. That position is more a guy... Um, at least you have the option on every team pretty much to put a lineup out there with a guy at that spot that is a more of a skilled player, that's more of a perimeter-based player. Uh, used to be that spot was more of an enforcer type of player, played in the paint, back to the basket, protected the rim, very physical. That has changed a lot now to where teams want to get that extra dimension to their offense by having a guy in that spot that can handle the ball, make plays, make decisions, and shoot the basketball. It just is, And it's part of the reason why you see the game spaced out as it is and, and as many three-point shots are taken because that spot now is no longer a traditional power position. It's, it's more of a perimeter position. So you watch a team now like the Celtics, which is the team that we're covering, and they've, they've obviously they've had success with their small ball, but they've had some success without a star. So... It, I'm biased. I have my own personal view of the team, but you, as an outside observer, when you look at the Celtics, what is it that you like and what, what don't you like about the team? Well, I think that the number one thing I like is that the fact that they have tremendous balance. And, you know, I like teams that you don't have to rely necessarily on one guy to have success. And if that guy has an off night, he's an inefficient night. Some of the top scorers in this league, you know, on a bad night, you don't have a chance to win. 
because they dominate the basketball to that extent. And when they have a bad night and they go for six for 26 with, with seven turnovers, you're, you're going to have a hard time winning because your offense is going to have no flow to it. A team like Boston, you know, Isaiah Thomas has been their, their main consistent scoring threat, and he did play in the All-Star game this year, but they spread it out. You know, they've got, I believe, six different guys in double figures. Every night the shot distribution is as spread out as you're going to find. They only have uh, – they have like three guys playing in the low 30s in minutes and then another six guys, five, six guys playing in the mid-20s. So the, the overall burden on any particular player is not there. So you, on a given night when you play the Celtics, you don't know where necessarily where it's going to come from on that given night. Uh, it makes it much more difficult to defend. They share the ball. They play the right way. Um, Brad Stevens has shown that you know he has a great connection to his team. They seem to really enjoy playing for him. They enjoy playing for each other. It's one of the most difficult things in sports to do is to capture that kind of chemistry, and they've gotten that. So that's what I love about watching them uh, more than anything else. And really, I can honestly say there really isn't anything that when I watch the Celtics that I feel like I'm lacking or missing. I'm not a guy that has to have a player out there that, that's going to you know, potentially go for 30 every night. That's, that doesn't necessarily do it for me. I like watching some of those players, but I'm more impressed with team basketball, and that's what the Celtics are. So the, one of my concerns for the Celtics, that th- this is great, and, and they may end up winning 50 games. It's a regular season uh, success story, but is this something that they can sustain in the playoffs? Well, in the Eastern Conference, I think that you know, they're going to be a very difficult team to play and difficult team to beat. I think what you have to do as a Celtic fan is be realistic about your expectations for this season. And I think they've already surpassed them, and they're going to surpass them. They get anywhere near 50 wins, and they end up with, say, the three seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, which would be the, the highest they could get this year. Uh, you know, if they win a round of the playoffs and they knock off a team, say, like Atlanta or Charlotte or Indiana or one of those teams in that spot, and then you play a tough series against the Toronto Raptors, who is a very good basketball team, and you come up short – in a six-game series, I don't think that's something that you need to th- look look at and say uh, disappointing into the season. I th- think they will have maxed out who they are talent-wise, and I think more than anything, they have dispelled the theory that when you rebuild and you retool after a period of success, that you have to strip it down to a level that's going to take you half a decade or more to get back to relevance. They did it much faster than that because they made good decision on the head coach and they have instilled a winning culture in the players that they have brought in there. And, and they do it uh, by playing collectively, playing you know pr- pretty sound defense, and, and having guys that, that compete. So to me, they, they are a role model for teams that think about tanking, stripping it down, and trying to accumulate picks. You can, you can become relevant faster. They're not a championship-caliber team right now, but they're certainly headed in the right direction. They're closer to that than they are being uh, one of the bottom feeders of the league. So they, they've done a remarkable job in the last three seasons. You mentioned culture, and in today's NBA, as, as, at least from an analysis standpoint, we're so numbers-heavy, and it's a, a big move towards analytics. But culture's not something that can be quantified. Can you explain, from having played in the league, how important culture is to this? Well, I, it's critical. It really is critical. And I think culture is a couple of things. One of the things that it, it, it entails, includes, is trust. When you find teams that have great trust, you have captured something that's special and it's something that you need to win in this league. And by trust, I mean you have to trust that if you make the next play for the next guy that's open and you, you show some selflessness 
on the basketball court, then you trust that when it's your turn, that ball's going to come to you too. Uh, there's a trust factor that builds up. And if you betray that trust, you end up with a selfish team because guys feel like they're not going to get it back. The play won't be made for them. So now they got to do too much when they get the basketball. Uh, and that's when you start to find fractures in your team. And it, it's not, you just can't win sustain, a sustainable level playing that way. Another thing about trust defensively you have to know that guys are going to be on top of their assignments you're not going to get hung out to dry if you're supposed to send the ball to a certain place in the court you're counting on the teammate to be there because that which definitely your game plan dictates and once you guys once you find guys eight nine ten guys however many you're playing on a given night that have that connectivity on the court and the trust of each other you have something really special and now if you also have talent enough talent and you have the trust well then you end up with something that looks a lot like golden state and san antonio you also mentioned, obviously, Brad Stevens. He's the guy that everybody mentions as the Celtics star when they don't have a star on the court. Your impressions of Stevens being a, a new NBA coach over the past few years, his growth, where he is now, and, and what you like from him? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I love about him that I hear repeatedly, and I actually got a chance to interview Brad uh, a couple weeks ago on one of our shows, um, I got a chance to talk to him a little bit, and it was nice because one of the things that he gets praised about for a lot is his demeanor and poise are consistent, and he treats you like a man with respect, whether you're playing well or playing poorly, whether you're in the rotation or not. He makes everyone feel a part of what we're doing, and everybody is important in, in the process. I played for a number of coaches in my 10 years in the NBA, and the, and my the best ones took that approach. Uh, and so you knew even on a night when you might've gone one for nine, you were going to come uh, out to the bus the next day to go to shoot around or, or to meet up at the arena for shoot around or wherever it may be. And you were going to get the same greeting that you got on a night that you went eight for 10. And, and that's important to a player that you're valued no matter what. And you are, you feel respected. And Brad Stevens has an ability to do that. He's got great poise and demeanor and guys, clearly like playing for him, and I think that's a big part of it. And Now, one misconception, I think, about Boston is that it's a place that free agents don't want to go, and that may have been a case once upon a time, but here we are entering this, this transformative time in the NBA. Everybody's got cap space. What is it about Boston? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Boston is an attractive place for free agents? I think it's a great place for free agents. I think it's a phenomenal place to to you know live and to play. I've always been able to experience it as an opposing player or throughout my career uh, at ESPN going up there for different reasons and, and just traveling there as just a person visiting the city. And you know, you're talking to a person that's an enormous fan of the city. So I'm not necessarily um, unbiased or logical when it comes to Boston about certain things, as I don't see any of that stuff. I see a city that's that's a great sports town, passionate about their teams, support their teams, uh, thick and thin. For the most part, they 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 want winners, and they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to support you while you're going through your downtimes until you get back to that level. Uh, it's a vibrant city. It's uh, a lot of electricity, great people. So I, I don't ever look at them and put them in the same category as some of the cities in this league that I know are will never attract high-quality free agents. Boston is certainly not in that category. Well, you are a player. Let, all things being equal, if you all all the money that's out there, you can get the money that you want. So money aside, what are you looking for when you're a free agent uh, when and you're going from city to city, I think the biggest thing you're looking for is um, is style of play and 
knowing that your your skills are going to be utilized when you get there. You know, you want to play somewhere that suits what you do as a player, um, and and know that you you're playing with high character guys that are professional about what they're doing, and they put the work in. They they care about the guy sitting next to them in the locker room, and they're they're in it for more than numbers, stats, and contracts. And so I think that's a that's an enormous part of it. All all things being equal with the money. Um, and then I think, you know, you want to play somewhere where you know you're going to get the support, uh, you know, of, of a fan base. Um, there are some cities in this league that, you know, you have a really fickle fan base, and it's very fair weather, and it's front-running type of fan base, and that's not the kind of place that you want to go. You want to be treated fairly. You want people to respect you if you're, if you're given 100%. You want people to stick with you through the good times and bad and, and know that you're doing everything you can to, to contribute in a positive way. So there's a, there's a lot of different things that – that weigh into it, but I think style of play and who you're playing with and the kind of guys you have to work with every day is, is probably the number one most important thing. Let's get into the specific game that ESPN will be carrying tomorrow, Celtics-Grizzlies. It's the first game, 7 o'clock on ESPN Wednesday night. Uh, what do you see in this matchup of the Celtics and the Grizzlies? Well, I think that uh, – I think that Memphis is a team that's very hard-nosed, very tough. You know, they proved it the other night going into Cleveland. No Con- no Mike Conley. Gasol's out for the year. No Zach Randolph. And they go into Cleveland, and they battle them and give them everything they can handle, and, and they just play so tough and strong. you got guys like Tony Allen on your team. You know you're going to come out and compete. So Memphis is going to make you work for everything. Boston is a team that gets up and down the floor, one of the highest-scoring teams in the NBA. Uh, Memphis is the type of team that can slow you down, so it's going to be a contrast in pace and contrast in styles, um, and, and usually it's a team that can exercise their will upon the other that's going to win that kind of a matchup. All right. Well, I know you're busy. You've got a lot. You, you, your ESPN is one of, one of the go-to analysts, so you've probably got a million shows to get ready for. So I'll let you go. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay, that was ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler. Thank you, Tim, for joining us on such short notice. Uh, This all kind of came together very quickly, but uh, I like what he had to say about where the Celtics are and how attractive they're going to be in uh, free agency. And that's something that I've, I've really tried to hammer home. It's something that I truly believe. I don't think the old adage is true. I never thought it was true. I never thought it applied that the Celtics don't attract free agents because it's very short-sighted to say what big-time free agents have they signed? What big-time free agents have they pursued? They've they've never really had the opportunity to pursue big-time free agents. And I don't think that they've really whiffed on anybody except for maybe David West. Uh, Otherwise, they've had opportunities to sign mid-level guys, and they've gotten those mid-level guys. That's how they got through the Pierce and Garnett and Ray Allen era. But now it's a new NBA. Even if you believed that in the past, big-time free agents don't want to come to Boston, that just doesn't apply anymore. The money, it's out there. And now it's about what Tim said, culture, the, the style of play, Everything that the Celtics are doing right now, it's attractive to free agents. Celtics not only have the money, they have a situation where a big-time free agent can come into Boston and fit right in and have good role players, have a solid ownership structure, and have a great NBA coach 
who will maximize their ability and and appreciate them as human beings and treat them like professionals. So that's all very important. I'm glad that Tim brought that up. I'm going to leave it right there. I don't want to share too many thoughts right now because we're going to have a lot more to talk about this weekend. I'm very happy to announce that we've got Mike Gorman, the voice of the Boston Celtics on Comcast Sportsnet, joining us Saturday morning. We're going to record another show. Jay will be back. We're going to record Saturday morning and talk to the legendary Mike Gorman about a lot of things about his time back in Rhode Island, which is where I'm from. I remember him as a kid, and I'm really excited whenever we get to talk to Mike Gorman. I've been able to get him on a couple of shows in the past. Always a good time. So please come back this weekend and and listen for that. Uh, Again, the Celtics, if you're not watching on Comcast Sportsnet in Boston, if you're outside of Boston, international or whatever, the game is by the time you hear it tonight, but Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Check that out. If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank you all for the rating so far. I will ask you if you haven't given us a rating. I'd love five stars. It really helps us out. Thanks for all of the comments and, and all of that. Uh, and, and you know where to find us on Red's Army. Uh, we have the links to our audio boom page. You can get the RSS feed, plug it into your favorite podcasting app. No problems there. You can use whatever you want. Uh, You can find us on Stitcher or just about any other podcasting service. And if we're not on one that you want want us to be on, let me know. We'll get on there. So thank you all very much for listening today on this bonus Rain and Jays podcast. And we'll see you this weekend for the next Rain and Jays podcast. Through the smurf, through the wop, baseball bat. Rooftop like we bring an 88 back. They shooting. Ah, oh, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters, where them dimes at? They shooting. Ah, oh, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.